In this episode of The Interface, I sit down with Mike Brewster, Director of Business Development for Times Microwave Systems in Wallingford, Connecticut. Mike has been in the RF and microwave industry for over 35 years, with the last six at Amphenol for Times Microwave. We discuss how much has changed in the industry during his time. We also talk through his admiration for Times Microwave from afar for many years before joining the company. We talk through terms like amplitude stability, synthetic aperture radar technologies. And we talk about his love for engineering, which started years ago in his family's machine shop. This is The Interface. First of all, thank you for for joining me today as with Mike Brewster from Times Microwave Systems. He is the Director of Business Development, correct? Correct. For all of the products and everything related to Times Microwave Systems, right? Yeah, I do. So I'm involved with the military aerospace uh, markets in general. Uh, but cross over to commercial, particularly where technology is, is um, you know, a uh, requirement, higher levels of technology. So you talk to customers all day, every day. All day, every day. So you meet a new customer for the first time, someone who may not have heard of Times Microwave Systems before. Maybe right. they heard of Amphenol, maybe they didn't. Right. And you go into a meeting with them for the first time and they say, tell us about your business. What would you say? So the first thing I tell them is that Times is here to, you know, potentially engineer a solution to your problems. You know, your interconnection issues um, related to RF microwave um, requirements. Uh, Times has a strong product line uh, offering that really hits and fits many of the problems that exist in the um, technology uh, arena for RF microwave. Um, You know, our products fit uh, very high temperature environments, um, you know, space flight type applications, particle accelerator systems, aerospace. Um, The beauty of microwave is it's used in so many areas today uh, on industrial applications. uh, And Times can pretty much design a product and, and, and fit one of our existing products into just about any type of uh, environment that you know you could possibly uh, imagine within that world. So as you then present your product portfolio, just give me a quick rundown of all the different types of RF and microwave products that Times Microwave Systems designs and manufactures. So you know we have several products that are very well known. Our Miltech line of cable systems are uh, primarily aerospace driven. Uh, it's a full line operating from DC to 40 gigahertz. Um, a wide variety of connector applications um, and uh, technic technology. Um, our phase track line is a very interesting line because it solves a lot of problems that customers have in their systems. So phase track was designed to mitigate the nonlinear step change that PTFE exhibits uh, versus temperature. Okay, per- so particularly in that zero to fifty degree range. Okay, so what it, in in English, if I'm eight, how would, you, how would you explain that? So, it, you know, the phase profile of the cable um, is, um, it changes with temperature. Okay. So that's the I electrical see. length of the cable. And uh, that electrical length is critical for uh, performance in radar systems, um, particularly phased array antennas. Um, and those phased array antennas require a coordinated 
um, transmission of signals to receive the best possible return. Okay. Um, and this particular product was designed um, to be very linear in phase. Um, that step change requires, you know, software type, um, you know, requirements to, to adjust for that, that nonlinear change, where this cable is very linear through this temperature range, like I said, zero to 50 degrees Celsius. Uh, we were the first company to do this, um, and it really revolutionized the, the RF interconnection market where uh, radar systems were concerned. Um, you know, the phase track products used in spaceflight applications, uh, you know, aircraft applications, um, particularly in phased array antennas, synthetic aperture radar technologies. Um, and it, um, you know, for our customer, it saves them money, um, you know, generates better system performance um, and, um, you know, allows us to really dominate that part of the market, the radar, um, you know, electronic warfare side of the market. Um, you know, in many cases, our, our products are phase matched, they're amplitude matched, uh, equalized, um, you know, to enhance the performance, the system performance. Um, and, you know, Times has developed, you know, components, uh, connectors that will help meet those very stringent requirements for, you know, phase stability, amplitude stability. So you start with the cable. Yes. And you, even though you would be, I guess you would, like I said, you start with the cable, but you manufacture, you design and build connectors that go with a lot of these cables as well, simply because of the fact that you need a, a custom solution in order for this to work properly. Is that correct? Correct. It okay. is. Um, so we design our connectors for, um, you know, the specific cable geometries that we have uh, available, as I said, operating DC to 40 gigahertz. Uh, of course, connectors are designed around those frequency bands. Uh, so, you know, we have a suite of 2.9 millimeter connectors that operate to 40, 3.5 millimeter connectors to 26 and a half uh, SMA connectors, type N, TNCs. And then what we do is, is we design enhancements into those connectors, self-locking connectors. So one of the big problems is, you know, when you install a cable into an aircraft, you're, you're generally, you know, connecting to a, a bulkhead mm -hmm. and you're torquing it in place and then it gets wired to the bulkhead. And that prevents the, the connector from backing off in vibration environments, heavy right. vibration environments. Right, right. So what we designed is a, a locking connector that, that eliminates the need for that tie wiring. Um, and, and it's a pretty laborious process. It's, it's pretty difficult for the installers to deal with. A lot of times they're doing it in a blind way. They're reaching up into the airframe to try and do this. There's safety hazards. It's pretty famous for poor guys getting poked through their fingers and everything. So again, Potential these are the types FOD. of solutions. FOD yeah. is huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody knows that you know, if you've ever been in the air force or the military, you go on a FOD walk. Oh yeah. Right. We you did know, FOD walk down on a Navy ship before flight operations, absolutely. any tiny little scrap of anything. You, exactly. You, you know, take you're, it and get rid of it. You're usually elbow to elbow That's walking down the line to 100 try 100% accurate. Yes. Exactly. 
Um, so, you know, those are the types of things, replaceable connectors. So, you know, it's really critical. Once a cable is installed in an aircraft, it's generally not the mode of failure. It's the connector interface that fails. Uh, it could fail for any number of reasons. It can fail because uh, there's moisture ingression. Uh, it could fail because the, it's worn out due to avionics testing over time. Um, you know, so what we do is we designed a special intermediate section for the cable and the connector interface threads onto that uh, intermediate and can be easily replaced without taking the cable out of the aircraft. So you can imagine 40 feet of cable snaked through an airframe. It's pretty miserable if you have to remove that and then mm -hmm. even worse to try and put it back. Um, so this enables them to, to replace those interfaces without taking the cable out of the airframe, which is, which is a big deal. And you could change interfaces. You could go from an SMA to a type N to a TNC with this technology. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, those enhancements to the connector technology is what makes us different and unique. Uh, we use a variety of different types of materials, you know, titanium, much yeah. lighter than stainless steel. Um, you know, we buy enough of it that we've driven the cost down. It's not as expensive as it would sound. Um, and that, uh, you know, the weight savings is critical. Um, you know, obviously, you know, weight equals dollars in, in aerospace, you know, whether it's a launch about, vehicle, right. an aircraft, it doesn't matter. Everything's, Everything's about, about trying weight. to shave exactly. yes, you know, grams and ounces off. No question about it. And we do that. And, and then what we do is we do it to the cable too. So what we do is we look at the materials in the cable. Coaxial technology hasn't changed in the 150 Forever. years yeah. that it's been. What changes are the materials. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, obviously dielectric materials change, uh, the shielding materials change, the jacketing materials change. So we were looking at the outer shields of the cable assembly. Okay. And they're silver plated copper. And so what we looked at was plated fiber materials. Mm, so, so what we utilize is a liquid, liquid crystal polymer fiber that's silver plated. So it lightens the, the cable by approximately 30%. Um, you still have the, the good conductivity, you know, due to the use of the silver. Um, and, and again, weight or dollars. I mean, it, it means a lot in these applications. Uh, we look at the center conductors. So, you know, in many cases, we've gone to uh, silver-plated, copper-clad, aluminum center conductors. Center conductors are the heaviest component of a cable. Right. So, you know, we want to address that. And again, the combination of these technologies yielding 40% plus weight savings. You know, again, huge. Uh, we had a large satellite program that utilized 11,000 <clears throat> cables in the system, and we were able to save 30% uh, over each cable. And, and that was huge to that program performance in the end. Um, you know, these were our phase track products. Um, so you had the advantage of a, a very phase stable cable to go along with, you know, much reduced weight or mass. Um, and the customer ended up with the, the, the best possible solution. Um, you know, you look at some of the other technologies, we had a customer at one point come to us, uh, they had done some calculations of loss runs in their, their EW system. And they found they basically needed a 20-foot cable with no insertion loss or attenuation. And what we did was we designed an amplifier in line to the cable. 
doesn't look much different than a connector. Yeah. Uh, we bias the, the power flowing up the center conductor to turn on the amplifier, and at the output, it had no insertion loss. Wow. So, again, not a huge market for that. It's a very expensive solution, but it was a solution that the customer needed to, you know, get their system working properly. That's really what Times is about. Um, you know, I've known Times my whole career, so I've been doing this for 35 plus years and uh, working for other organizations. And, and I followed Times over the years, and it was very impressive, the, the technology that, that was available and the continuous improvement of that technology over time. Um, you know, we're experimenting with a wide variety of materials, uh, carbon nanotube technologies, um, you know, to improve the overall uh, weight uh, savings in mm -hmm. the cable, performance in the cable. Um, you know, we have a variety of different dielectrics that we utilize. Uh, we utilize PTFE. Uh, we utilize uh, polyethylene. We we have our own version of, with the phase track product called TF4. Um, you know, Times has really set the standard within our industry for uh, material science uh, as it applies to RF interconnection technologies. It sounds like you've done this once or twice before. <laughs> I, I, I may have done it once or twice before. As I said, I'm, I'm kind of an old salt in this yeah. industry. Um, and uh, I've seen it grow up. Yeah. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. And, and as I said, you know, today with, you know, the, the space market, as an example, very mm -hmm. exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you look at Star Trek back in the sixties and you know, all this technology is <laughs> happening. Where the flip phones came yeah, from. Yeah. The flip phones came from <laughs> exactly. Um, but, um, but no, it, it's really exciting. And, and, you know, times is on that leading technical edge, um, in the industry. And, and we're on a lot of different satellite programs, launch vehicles. Um, and, and again, this, this technology makes that happen. Um, obviously, you know, in space, there's a couple of different criteria, which are very important. Um, you have um, radiation resistance that's important. So fluoropolymers are, are quite susceptible to radiation. Uh, what actually happens is the radiation passes through the, the outer jacket shields into the dielectrics. And what it does is it actually cuts the molecular chains in the dielectric, uh, and it causes the loss tangent of the material to go up. The insertion goes up, insertion loss goes up, the power handling level comes down, and, and at, a, at a point, you know, you have a complete failure. Uh, in your system. So again, what we're working with is materials that can, can withstand that radiation effect. Um, so we have triple shielded coaxes that we utilize. Um, and again, we incorporate some of these lighter weight materials like the liquid crystal polymer fibers um, to help reduce that weight. Um, but again, the idea being to in, extend the life of the cable. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, many mission lives are 17 to 20 years. Um, particularly in the larger satellites. Uh, some of the newer satellites are less. So now the, the microsats that you see, they're right. looking at five-year mission lives um, and, um, you know, launching great numbers of them in low Earth orbit. Uh, but we do have other applications in, in you know, uh, geosynchronous orbits, much higher orbits, that do require, you know, extensive shielding because uh, they're exposed to higher levels of radiation. Um, you know, a, a very unique product, our silicone dioxide product, it's a mineral-based dielectric, 
very severe environment. It operates from, uh, you know, minus 273 degrees Celsius to plus 600 Celsius. And we have an application we're working on with a, a, a customer. It's a scientific application uh, for a platform that's going to be launched to the moon Europa. Uh, which orbits Jupiter. Um, they have a ground-penetrating radar. They're going to look through the ice, and they hope to see some sort of microbial marine life. Mm -hmm. That's what they're expecting. Right. But the cables are external on this aircraft. So wow. the cables are going to be exposed to minus 238 degrees Celsius, 1,000 megareds of gamma radiation, and there's basically no other product, uh, interconnection product, that would be able to withstand that environment outside of the, the silicon dioxide product that we manufacture here. So, again, really cool applications yeah. um, for yeah. those types of, uh, you know, cables, uh, very extreme environments, um, you know, and, and, again, Times has that, that product. They have the legacy. Um, th this is heritage based. Mm -hmm. We've been doing it a long time. So, you know, Times was founded in the 1940s. And, and by the way, just a little tidbit yeah, uh, in Times Square. Really? Hence the name Times. I had no idea. That is a true, true story. Uh, obviously moved to Connecticut in the 50s, mm -hmm. um, got heavily involved into microwave coaxial cables um, and uh, helped develop the, the MIL-C-17 specification with the right. government, um, helped get involved with MIL-T-81-490, which is the specification for fast fighter jets. That's your F-35, F-22, F-16. We, we all know the, the group of uh, aircraft there. Um, so, you know, Times has, again, been on the leading edge of, of the, the technologies working with the government to develop specifications and, and better meet the performance requirements necessary for these very severe environment uh, applications. So you've been here for six years, you six said years, earlier, yep. um, in the industry for 35 or so. Correct. You've been in this industry specific to RF and microwave products and all that. Correct. How much has it changed in your in your 35 years, including the time here? So, you know, it's really changed a lot. Um, you know, I can remember the late 70s, 80s. Um, you know, it was a different way of doing business. It was very folksy. And, you know, you went into a customer and, you know, you shook their hands. You took them out to lunch. You did all the great things, maybe go out to dinner. Um, you know, over the years, that's changed quite a bit. Um, you know, the electronic nature of today's world has <laughs> really enhanced it as we're sitting here doing right yeah, now, having this cool podcast <laughs> and uh you know it, it, it's a it's a different type of business that we're doing now uh the technology is certainly advanced mm -hmm. um you know when i think of where we were in 1985 and where we are today it's pretty dramatic and as i mentioned mostly material science um you know the materials right. changes have made a big difference uh you know the as times did in developing the tf4 dielectric um, they worked with a a composition of fluoropolymer materials to create a dielectric that didn't change in phase versus temperature and 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 it does change but it changes in a linear manner um you know there's a famous uh word uh or uh you know verbiage for this and it's called the knee 
Um, so that's what that nonlinear change looks like in phase. Uh, but again, that material science is, yeah. is really where this is, you know, occurred. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's been really dramatic. Uh, you know, I've seen, you know, very cyclical government spending over the years, depending on, you know, who's in office at any given time. Um, but, you know, the one constant has been uh, providing the best possible product, uh, you know, particularly for our military. Um, you know, we want to make sure that, that these men and women have the best possible technology. And, uh, and we're on the leading edge of that. You know, like I said, the electronic warfare side of it, the radar side of it, missile technologies. Um, and, uh, you know, Times is, has really led the way. It's, it's, it's been very impressive for me both inside and outside of times to watch that growth over the years um and 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 i shouldn't fail to mention amphenol in any of this because amphenol has been an amazing company it was a great acquisition for times uh, to be acquired by amphenol right and um you know that enabling technology you know in our group of companies amao Mm -hmm. is really remarkable uh, we have cable management systems, PC board systems, inbox, backplane, you know, fiber optic technology. And we can draw on those companies, brother and sister companies, if you will, um, to give our customers a, a better, uh, you know, bigger solution. Yeah, I was going to say, how much has that helped you and your... It's been you know, tremendous. When, when you work with customers. It's been tremendous. So yeah. we have connector organizations. You know, there's there's a lot of connectors times designs, and there's a lot of connectors times doesn't want to design and, right. and reinvent the wheel. Okay. Uh, and we don't have to because I can go to companies like SV Microwave, right. as an example. We, we collaborate on a very regular basis on a wide number of programs, and uh, they have great technology qualified technology um and together you know we're stronger um you know as i said the cable management systems we have a whole host of cable clamping systems uh just just fantastic technology and and you'd be surprised it's really an important technology is is clamping cables in place obviously there are high vibration environments we're operating in and uh it's pretty famous for cables getting clamped into place and, and over clamped. And you know, what that does is causes an impedance change, which then potentially you're doing this periodically in the cable regularly. And that creates VSWR reflections and, and spikes as we call them. Um, and it's all totally due to the cable management, uh, the, the, the cable strapping or tying that, that goes on. So, you know, again, when, when I look at that, that, uh, group of Amphenol companies. I, I have a lot of technology we can draw from. Um, you know, we're talking about RF, uh, you know, over fiber technology going forward. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is an effort that we're going to be working, you know, very diligently on. We believe in it, um, you know, and uh, I think that, again, we have the enabling technology within this Amphenol group of companies to work together to, to provide that solution going forward kind of off the wall here, but do you come from a technical background? Were you uh, an engineer by, by trade or? So I've spent my whole career in engineering schooling. Um, You know, I, uh, I mean, it sounds like it. It's true. (laughs) I mean, so my, my, but I wasn't uh, sure if maybe, you know, being in, uh, you know, in front of customers in business development all these years that you just learned this by osmosis. No, I'll tell you the story. Some of it comes from osmosis for sure. Um, But, um, no, I'm, I, my family owned a machine shop. 
Okay. I came out of that machine shop, uh, went to school. I was a tool maker, you know, that, that came through my, uh, you know, education with my family business. Went into mechanical industrial engineering, um, got a degree. Uh, my first exposure to microwave was I was hired by a company to design the progressive plate die systems for forming strip into flexible waveguide. That, that was my first experience <laughs> with microwave. Yeah. So, so the microwave is a learned uh, on the job, uh, you know, experience for right. me. Um, and, uh, I never looked back. I mean, I loved it and, uh, got heavily involved on the engineering side. So, uh, I worked for companies that manufactured microwave components, phase shifters, attenuators, couplers, uh, as well as waveguide, um, and coaxial cable, uh, the, all the associated interconnection, uh, parts, connectors that go along. And, uh, you know, in that, I've worked in a variety of executive management positions in engineering mm -hmm. operations. So, you know, I, I was doing a lot of engineering um, and going on the road with sales guys. Yeah. And I really liked it. You know, I, you know, this business development thing was cool. I mean, you get to use all your skills. You get to be an engineer. You get yeah. to be a salesman. You get to be in a, you know, a finance guy because you're costing, you know, sure, sure. Um, materials and, and products. Um, and I really took to it. And uh, I was offered a position as director of business development um, for another company, and I took it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. Um, you know, I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I was recruited out of the previous company to come to Times, and uh, I couldn't have made a better choice. Uh, you know, as I said, coming here with the extensive experience that this team has, I mean, it's remarkable. Um, you know, we have 40-year people here yeah. doing this, um, and they've seen it all. Yeah. And, and, and although I'm not quite in the 40 year range, I've, I've been doing it 35 years and, and really wouldn't change a thing. I mean, it was the right way to come up, you know, in my career. Um, you know, as I said, you know, you, you, you're a manufacturing engineer, you're, you're in engineering, you're in engineering management, you know, you're in operations mm -hmm. and, and then sales, you know, and, and business development is what I like to, to call it. You know, we, we like to kick the tires and light the fires and, you know, and, and really, you know, pursue the opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and I love it. And you get to work directly with these customers on the leading edge of their technology absolutely. and you're helping enable that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's really exciting. Um, you know, some cool applications we work on. So, uh, oil extraction of, of shale, um, you know, that's a cool technology, um, uh, previously done with, you know, uh, steam, uh, pressure, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the famous fracking fluids that mm -hmm. exist, which are not very green as they say, yeah. Uh, we actually utilize a um, antenna. It's inserted downhole into a pocket that has shale in it. We irradiate. It heats it, allows it to be extracted more easily, and surprisingly enough, a lot more green than the other technology. Interesting. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, you've heard about you know people lighting their uh, water on fire coming out of their faucets right, and everything yeah. else. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, and and, yeah. and again, that that 
that technology is is RF based. It's cool. It's it's uh, something that is on the the edge. Um, you know, we're we're you know doing some great stuff in particle accelerator systems for CERN and some of the other big uh, scientific organizations out there. Um, again, our silicon dioxide product fits the bill very well there because yeah. they're operating at cryogenic temperatures in in a highly radiated environment. Um, and this is basically the only product that's going to withstand that environment. Um, so, you know, again, Times is, is, is the company to offer the best possible, you know, interconnection, RF interconnection solutions in our industry. And uh, it's exciting to be part of. That's great. Mike Brewster, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on and, you know, and talking to me today. It's, it's my pleasure. And, and as I said, this is a great, um, you know, format. Um, you know, excited to hear the next uh, podcast. <laughs> well, so. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Thank you.